LMT is a lens by which you assess all economic understanding. The street is full of corruption. It is baked in to every aspect of our society. 1900s, Lenin was predicting global finance capital would do all the things it's doing today. This is written over 100 years ago. All right, everybody. Hello, this is Steve, the Rogue Scholar. Welcome one, welcome all. You know, Jimmy Dore recently interviewed Cornell West, and I have seen people losing their mind over this thing. And so we're not going to talk about it. We're not going to talk about it. We are going to talk about why this kind of shit is so important to people. And we're going to talk about some of the reasons why I feel like it's a complete waste of time. And I know this probably smacks some people upside the head really hard because after all, I'm talking about modern monetary theory. And the only way any of this really matters is if we're going through our political figures and having them pass laws and bills on our behalf and making change, right? Well, I mean, obviously, I've spent many episodes explaining the futility of believing that electoral politics is going to change the world or solve the problems that we're up against. I've spent an inordinate amount of time doing that. But I want to try and break this concept down at a level that will help you, I hope, put into context what I'm saying, okay? First things first, I always got to get this out of the way for the slow kids. I'm not telling you not to vote. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not telling you not to vote. I, I hate having to even repeat that, but because there's terrible people out there that hear what they want to hear, maybe a few kind of good people. They're not real great, but they're kind of good people that maybe hear it wrong too. So act like I'm saying not to vote. I didn't say don't vote. Okay. Let's be clear for the bad people and the kind of hard of hearing people that are still good, but just get it all fucked up. Right. I didn't say don't vote. All right. That said, I am watching people literally tear themselves to pieces over RFK Jr. Supporting him, fighting against him. I'm watching people tear themselves to pieces, supporting Marianne Williamson and not supporting Marianne Williamson. I've seen people tearing themselves to pieces over supporting Cornell West, over not supporting Cornell West, et cetera. This is not even primary season because first of all, Democratic Party is not even going to conduct a real primary. They're not going to have debates. And we've already gone through this portion of it so many times. I almost feel like I'm looking for like that punked video, that hidden camera to see if see if I'm being, you know, trapped on a different camera. Because re reality is, you know, I give everyone a pass, including myself, for Bernie part one. We were all believers. We all thought we had a chance. There's a few people out there saying, you're never going to get him in there. They're never going to let you, blah, blah, blah. They proved it correct, right? They, they And they went to court to show you how they were going to block future efforts to primary what the establishment wants as its nominee. They've already shown you the playbook. They've gone through this in court. So this is not new. If you don't know about this, if you didn't pay attention to the Democratic uh, National Committee's fight in Florida against the lawsuit that was brought against the party, for basically stealing the election from Bernie Sanders and not representing the voters well, not representing the Democrats, not representing the donors well, blah, blah, blah. But to literally see that they came through the door for A, a private corporation, B, we have no responsibility whatsoever to even conduct a primary. We have no, there's no legal responsibility to honor the outcome and we're not going to, we don't 
We don't need to. We have no need to. That was after part one. We learned all that with Bernie part one. Then a lot of us who stuck with Bernie trying to get the messaging out there kind of acknowledged that kind of the other half of our brain wouldn't allow us to to acknowledge that there was always somebody there trying to tell us that, oh, don't give up hope. Bernie's still true. Blah, blah, blah. Had nothing to do with Bernie's value or human traits or his positions on anything. Had nothing to do with anything to do with Bernie Sanders whatsoever. It literally had everything to do with the system that he was trying to run for a nomination within. Okay. The system itself regardless of whether it's a bunch of really, really bad corporate Democrats primarying Joe Biden or whether it's really good ones, it doesn't matter. In the end, the superdelegate and just in general, the party as a whole has the right to choose who its nominee is, period. They can use the primary process if they'd like. There is no legal requirement under the sun for them to honor the outcomes. Now, if you don't understand that, I feel like you maybe are living in a very, very small, childish world. If that, what I said right there, didn't make you understand what I'm talking about, if that alone didn't penetrate your brain, then I'm very concerned because a lot of people are like you. If you didn't do it, I see a lot of people that still haven't grasped that the Democratic Party has no responsibility whatsoever, none, zero. It can pick who it wants. That's part number one. Number two, is that when it comes to the national election, not only did you have no say-so whatsoever in selecting who the nominee would be, but now you're going to go toe-to-toe with a fractured base, a group of people who literally thought they could door-knock and phone bank and donate to get their candidate through the door, like Bernie, now Marianne Williamson, now RFK Jr., et cetera. You ask anybody what their ideological platform is, what they value, what their values are. And they can tell you until it comes to electoral politics. Once it becomes electoral, they say, well, RFK is for this. Marianne is for that. Biden is for this. And none of these people are representing what we've asked for, what we've been fighting for. None of them. But electoral politics comes in and immediately you go, There's no such thing as a perfect candidate. Fair enough. There's no such thing as getting everything you want. Not not in my life to indicate otherwise, I agree. Yep. But the effort that you put into that, the hours, the countless hours, the willingness to organize around a charade, a charade they fought in court to protect as a charade, could be spent building energy and knowledge, not only about the environment, but about the economic system. And about all the real things that bother us, that we need salvation from, that is being imposed on us by the state, by corporations, and by mass polluters and the rich. All of these things, every single one of them, you have been proven beyond the shadow of a doubt that you have no power to pick the nominee whatsoever. None. And yet you fight tooth and nail against your other people within the working class, by the way, over a primary system that you have no control over whatsoever. None. Do you understand me? This is not Steve being, yeah, fuck the DNC and fuck electoral. I'm not being the child here. I'm trying to make you understand. You literally have no power in who the DNC 
selects to be its nominee. You get to vote for whoever the rich fucks that you're supposed to be fighting against. Okay. Select, nominate, they choose. Okay. I don't have to give you a big, long history lesson of what it was like to be celebrating the outcomes of the early primaries as Bernie was sweeping across the nation only to see the party itself come together and literally eliminate that with one fell swoop. Suddenly Joe Biden, who had been asleep at the wheel for the first four or five primaries, suddenly is the de facto nominee. Sure, you're right. The party itself is built to give you in one hand hope that you have a say in the process and on the other hand, it's there to prevent you from being able to exercise any meaningful agency in selecting the candidate or the process. Is there anybody holding on to that belief that they have? I mean, they fought in court, folks. This is a, a legal precedent. They literally explained in court and won that they have no responsibility whatsoever to even conduct a primary. Are you still holding on? Do you still believe? Are you still a believer? Clearly it is, because I see all over my fucking social media timeline, people trying to convince me and tagging me as if I give a fuck, tagging me to discuss some position of RFK Jr. I don't give a fuck. Not only is RFK Jr., if he wasn't running for office, he's got a few of these catchy libertarian style ideas that make kids get excited, but he is a capitalist through and through. And he is all about free markets for energy. And he's all about capitalism across the board. This guy, don't cry for me, Argentina is a rich from the Kennedy family, okay? There's nothing about the working class this man gets whatsoever. And when he occasionally gets something right, and you're like, yeah, right. You still have no power within the party to get him there. Ah, but now all of a sudden somebody's gonna say, that's why we need a third party, Steve. We need a third party, Steve, Steve. We need a third party, Steve. Gosh, I've never been down that road before. I've just never been down that road before. Do tell me about these third parties. You can almost see that Captain Kirk meme. Tell me about a third party. It's like, gosh, if we can get them the percent, they'll get matching federal funds, and then it's game on, baby. Okay. I think Ralph Nader did the best of the third party folks out there. But Jill Stein didn't crack. I mean, she did hardly anything. All of us were all in for Jill Stein after Bernie went down. We couldn't even get her close to that 5%, much less, I think it was like even 1%, okay? For real. Like, I'm not making this up. It's not about good third party, bad third party, nothing, right? It's about how stupid the people that think they're voting for Democrats are too. It's about all the dumb fucks that think they've got a chance to vote their way to salvation. Run around chastising people splintering the working class over this facade, this fraudulent thing that you believe so deeply in your heart. Just believe you're going to vote your way there. To believe you're going to save the country from fascism by voting for Joe Biden. You believe. You just want to bring someone over and get them their warm milk and their cookies, tuck them into bed, give them a nice furry blanket, give them a stuffed animal to hold, and tell them everything's going to be okay in the morning. I want to love them up because they're just such a naive child. Every step through this process is meant to keep you from ever uniting with your brothers and sisters in the working class. Every bit of this is intended to make you feel like they heard you. I feel your pain. I'm going to build a bridge to a new tomorrow. I'm going to build it for you, baby. 
I assure you, not one of us thought a free trade agreement with Mexico and Canada was going to be the jam, NAFTA. Not one of us thought a free trade agreement with Asia was going to be the jam. Not one of us thought that. The Democrats did. Not one of us thought it would be a good idea to give insurance companies a handout through the Unaffordable Care Act, but they convinced everyone that that was universal health care, but it was neoliberalism at its core, peak capitalism, but you felt it in your bones, your core. Yes, yes, yes. But that's not what you want. That's not what you've stated. That's not what you've asked for. You asked for health care as a right. And you live in a country like many other countries, by the way, where healthcare as a right is the easiest thing in the world to have pulled off. Financially speaking, we could pay every doctor, nurse, lobotomist, you name it, top dollar, and, and, and have a whole recruiting program to bring in more people to handle all the people's needs. No problem at all. There'd never be a person out of work ever because there would be so much work. They don't want that, and they're not doing that. But you got to vote for them. And you defeated fascism, right? You really felt good about it. You were like convinced you did good, but you didn't. You just empowered, once again, capitalism to run our healthcare system. And further, the guy you swore you had to put in there, Joe Biden, said he would never pass Medicare for all, ever, for any reason, okay? And Medicare for all, let's be honest, folks, is still fucking insurance. It's not healthcare as a right. It's not universal healthcare. It's not a national healthcare system. It's none of those things. Hey, let's get X Friedman the fuck out of here real quick. He doesn't have to stay here. There you go. Goodbye. Simple. The system itself does not allow us to vote our way through any of this. It doesn't allow us to do anything. In order to change that system, there needs to be a system outside of the system forcing change within that system. We need to be outside of it working together. But every step through this process, every fucking step through this process, there has not been a single mention from these electoralism people, these let's vote for Marianne, let's vote for Bernie, let's vote for uh, JRFK Jr., let's vote for Cornell. None of them. Because in order to get those things passed, you've got to vote for those things. You've got to be able to vote for them and you've got to be able to have your vote count and you've got to be able to make change within the system to be able to vote your way through that. You have not shown me any of that period at any time, ever, ever, never, not one time have you been able to do that. And so with that understanding, every second of every day where people are fighting with each other to just sit there and go back and forth and chant and rant for some rando that will never, ever, ever sniff the White House. And for those that do get in, you think they're going to do good for you. They don't and they won't and they haven't. You must provide them something to force them because they're you're not voting there, period. I'm sorry. I am sorry to burst your bubble. You are not voting your way to a Green New Deal. When did the Democrats last talk about a Green New Deal? Ask yourself this, folks. You have an existential climate crisis. And when's the last time the Democrats put a Green New Deal on the table. When's the last time they talked about a Green New Deal, my friends? Capital is running the show. These puppets up there that you think you're getting to vote for that you're not getting to vote for because even when you vote, they don't listen to you. And when you do get a chance to vote in the real election, it's the person they selected for you to vote for, okay? Without having pressure coming from somewhere other than the capitalist class 
these transnational corporations, these global corporations putting the hurting on the dreams of you and I without having some force outside of that system to fight back. They're not, there's no reason to do differently. The only thing that will make them do something is fear of the proletariat uprising. That's it. Fear of us literally slowing capital down. Because if you remember, the purpose of the police is not for law and order because they create this shit out of thin air. The purpose is to protect private property and capital. So the only way to cause a stir whatsoever is to impact capital, to impact that system. But instead, my timeline is filled with people talking about voting for XYZ in the primaries. All this wasted time, they're sitting there championing causes, programs, the concepts. They're educating each other about this shitty candidate, but they're not educating each other about the real world and what we're really suffering through and what we're dealing with. As a result of this, I've said for the whole time, each time I've talked, we as a group have to continue the long game. We have to outside of the electoral process, we have to build coalitions and we have to build power, real power, where we show up and we do stuff and we make it so that capital is impacted, so that shipping lanes are blocked, so that routes where trucks go are blocked, so that, you know, when the air traffic controllers or when the uh, flight attendants decide not to fly on planes and, and all of a sudden air travel stops, the longshoremen, unions, Unions are really where the power lies, but they don't even know it because they're so caught up in corporate unions that the idea of class struggle unionism hasn't even penetrated their ranks. We just talked to Joe Burns, who is one of the lead dogs in the American Airline Flight Attendant Union, and he has written a great book called Class Struggle Unionism. What well, starts there? That's your vanguard, your unions, but they need to have that class analysis and the class struggle. Right now, though, they're still fighting over pee breaks. They're not fighting over class solidarity. They're not fighting for all workers, they're not united as labor. And we as people on the outside need to have a labor union of sorts for voters, for regular people, a vanguard for ourselves that works hand in glove with those unions and becomes absolutely a force to be reckoned with. Millions upon millions of people could do this because what's going to happen? You're going to have your electoral season. Everybody's going to get excited about random candidates. You're going to have an election. Nothing's going to fundamentally change. Everybody's going to break off because that candidate's no longer around. Then some new candidate, some wonderkin's going to come out. You're going to go through the exact same process two, four years later. You're going to have an election. Nothing's going to fundamentally change. It's going to get worse. And it's going to go back to it. Instead, we need to be up here, sustained labor, workers, the proletariat, the people working to educate one another, to organize together, to be a thorn in their fucking ass and literally make sure that there are demands that they have to meet. The crime, if you will, that Occupy is guilty of, if anything, is that they didn't really have any demands. And quite frankly, the state did what the state does. The state infiltrated, the state broke it down and dismantled it. That's what they do because the system doesn't want outside pressure, but yet inside pressure doesn't work. There is no inside the system to impact it. There are safeguards at every level. If there's not a parliamentarian, there's a Supreme Court. If there's not a Supreme Court, 
There's a cinema or a mansion. There's always a rotating villain. It doesn't matter how pure your intentions are. It's not really an indictment on you. I guess the indictment, if you will, is the kind of like the kitty eyes, the child's glow, that like belief in the fairy tales and the tooth fairy and Santa and, you know, fuzzy bunny rabbits that deliver eggs and shit. Okay. That's your electoral belief. And you, you go through and you'll spend the next two years talking about it. Oh man, we had this chance with Ralph Nader and just, uh, you know, Chris Hedges doesn't always get economics right. In fact, he rarely gets economics right. But one thing he gets, and he does understand thoroughly, is that we're not voting our way to the promised land. We're just not. And that scares people. It scares people because that means shit. I don't know what's next. I know how to wake up in the morning, brush my teeth, put my you know clothes on, go down to the polling station, vote, get my little sticker, put it on my forehead, take my selfie, and tell everybody, see, I vote. I know how to do that. That's safe. I know how to do that. I can do that. And so therefore that's the beginning and the ending of my political involvement, the beginning and the ending of my ability to work within a democracy, which voting has turned into a charade. You know, I, I, I frequently tell people to go back and read Howard Zinn. Many, I'm shocked at how many people have not read Howard Zinn's People's History of the U.S. If you haven't read it, please go read it. Also. Right, like, don't don't pause right between that. Read Howard Zinn's People's History of the U.S. And then immediately go over to Michelle Alexander's The New Jim Crow. And then if you really, really want to stick a knife in your eye, go ahead and read Sandy Darity and Kirsten Mullen's book. Um, oh, what is it? Jesus Christ, I'm screwing up here. Um, what is it? Sandy Darity. Let's look it up. I can't believe I don't have this right on the tip of my tongue. Ah, there it is. Uh, from here to equality reparations for black uh, Americans in the 21st century. And then I strongly suggest right on the heels of that, strongly recommend that you go ahead and read some history about Malcolm X and his struggle and read some history about MLK and his struggle and the rest of the civil rights movement. And look what they did to fight back against the system. It wasn't about voting. I mean, Malcolm X said, don't make me, you know, basically choose between a knife and my back, you know, and, and then you pull it out three inches and expect me to call that, you know, reparations or, or, you know, we're, we're on even footing called people that voted for the democratic party, political chumps. The work they did was outside of the party. You know, I'm shocked. It's uh, sept uh September 8th. And in three weeks, student loans will be turned back on. It's going to be millions of people. There's no party fighting for them right now. There's no parties. That's people. That's regular people. That's proletariat. That's working class people that if they got together and united could become quite a thorn in the side of the establishment, quite a thorn in the side of capital and create the conditions by which change would need to take place. But alas, I'm telling you right now, we are surrounded and probably many of you gotta be clever and go vote for somebody. Right. And which again, started this thing out telling you, I'm not telling you not to vote. I vote every single election. So this is not an anti-vote thing. This is where are you pouring your time? Where are you focusing your energy? Where are you planning to organize? And the reason why there's so much money in political elections is because it's about engineering your mind. It's about engineering you to stay within the system, to focus on the truth and reality they want you to believe. Okay. Now I'm not, 
you know, spinning yarns about crazy conspiracies here. I'm just telling you straight up, history is our guide. You know, history is our guide. I don't think people realize the extent to which the world changed in 1970. I'm telling you, we are still fighting that battle, only differently. Back then, at least they had freaking shop floors to organize on. People went into work, and I'm not advocating for that, man. I think it's great people can work remotely. But the idea of being able to just show up and be able to unionize and work together and walk out of the building, the sight of workers walking out of production plant had to be tremendously empowering. We don't have that anymore. We don't have that. So we have to do it differently. And that's why I'm suggesting that we have a union of voters, a vanguard of voters, a vanguard of citizens. Go vote, vote in educating and radicalizing your neighbor, radicalizing your friends, radicalizing your family, okay? Because time is short. Folks, they're not doing anything to address climate crisis. Nothing. Capital will be fine. It will make sure that it buys up all the land, that it makes people lose their homes, that it reclaims the properties they're in more valued areas. They raise the tax. They do whatever to make sure regular people can't stay in their homes so the wealthy can move away from the coast and move to the new coasts as the oceans swallow up. Most of the places that will become arid, the land will be cheap. You'll be able to buy a house in you know, a place that doesn't even have water. No problem. Put up a tent. You'll be good to go. But unfortunately, you don't see anyone. With, think about this. If you were an elected representative in a real democracy, in a real government, and you knew point blank that you had a massive climate crisis going on, and you as an elected official knew this and had the power of the pulpit, the power of being able to go on the television and say things, and had the power to speak in Congress, the power to organize, and the power to go to leaders and do things, wouldn't you do it? I know I would. And I look. I don't see anything happening. There's nothing meaningful happening at all. Nothing. Zero. What's that all about? Why do you why do you why do you think that you've got so much faith in a system that people literally know that there's a crisis, many crises, and people know when they turn these fucking student debt uh, loans back on that the people are going to be swept out to see they're going to be devastated. And yet they're still hiking interest rates to fight off inflation. Well, right in advance of this massive elimination of spending power for the proletariat, for the regular people that took out student debt. And believe me, some fuck stick said something dumb about rich people get studentless. Fuck you, you idiot. Student loans are got by regular Joes that are trying to keep a job, get a job. Okay. Fucking rich. They don't need student debt. Student debt's for the, the dumb fucks, us poor folk down at the bottom to try to believe that we're going to somehow or another jump up and, and suddenly lead a life full of vacations and wonderful living. But alas, we can't even put food on the table in many cases. And when those student loans hit, you'd think that millions upon millions of people would be uniting together to make that not happen because we've already seen. You have already seen. They're not going to do anything about it. Joe Biden could have done it, but he chose to leave it open for the Republicans to shoot down. Just like he did everything else with the Supreme Court, you name it, purposely. But somebody voted for him and they feel like they saved democracy. Saved democracy. They fought for democracy. What democracy? Do you think for a minute that you had a hand in Joe Biden being nominated? 
much less winning the presidency. I, I, I'm looking at this and I'm saying to myself, it's scary to think about how bad off we really are. It's terrifying. It's really, really terrifying. Yeah. The, the Sorry, but the, there's a comment that here. I'll put it up. Y'all can see what I'm saying. The rich are already buying up Maui, just like they allowed it to happen in Flint, Michigan, where they allowed venture capital to gut Detroit, take its museum, take everything out of it, and literally leave them to squalor. Same thing happening in Haiti. Same thing happened in Puerto Rico. You know, after a while, you know, you voted for these people, folks. Why in the world are vulture capitalists, venture capital, vultures, these fucking equity firms coming in and tearing apart Detroit piece by piece? If you voted for people, you voted for them. Remember, you fucking participated in democracy. You are such a great person. You got your sticker in your forehead. You win. Why is it that vultures are coming through and picking apart Puerto Rico, picking apart Haiti, picking apart fucking Detroit, picking apart Pittsburgh back in the day. But I mean, why is there a rust belt in America if you've got your fucking great democracy? Who's Jason Hinkle? You combining Jackson Hinkle and Jason Hickle. <laughs> oh, Lordy. Anyway, I, I, I'm telling you, and, and I think the hardest part is, is that there is people out there that talk of revolution. They talk about doing these things. And I, I, I'm not here telling you that, you do a revolution because God knows it doesn't take much to look at the police state and the military and realize that you'd just be like running face first into a, I don't know, an industrial grader. I mean, we, we've allowed this to go on for so long. We may be past the point of no return on some. Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree with you, Dave, on this front. Revolution is a dead end, but so is your fucking pathetic electoralism. That's the problem. So you've got to do something different unless you just want the same results, unless you've got a kid that you're willing to look at and say, you know what? I'm cool with you dying from climate crisis because I was so cool. I had to vote. I just thought it was the coolest thing to just campaign for shitty candidates because that's the beginning and the ending of my fucking imagination and willingness to go beyond. Right. I, look at your kids. I just love you so much. I'm going to let you die because I want to vote and I want to make this the be all end all baby. Let's just vote for shit. Right. Again, I've spent the last, I don't know, what, 40 minutes explaining how foolish the concept of thinking you're voting your way to the right end is. And the parties themselves are the worst purveyors of squashing dissent, squashing anything that would push differently. Do you know there are more Democrats out there that believe that we have to reduce the deficit, that we have to raise taxes to pay for progress? More Democrats believe that than you will ever know. That is your voting body right there. So until you change that mindset, until you make them understand the country itself can spend as much as it needs for anything available for sale in U.S. dollars and can never go broke, until you explain that and then you deal with all the idiots, well, you fucking you print money and all of a sudden it'll devalue and when people get off the petrodollar, eh? shut up. Until we overcome the stupidity, we are dead, folks. Nina Turner. God love her. She finally said something that made sense the other day about the government is the creator of the currency. So it can't go. Bro. I was like, whoa, girl, get on. I'd almost given up on her. I mean, I have given up on her electorally because I've kind of given up on electoralism. But I was shocked to hear her say something so coherent in that respect. I mean, she says a lot of the other, you know, like pull it out of the fortune cookie kind of 
tweets and statements and stuff like that. And if she gets up on her haunches, she can get you feeling some type of way, give you goosebumps and stuff. But that in a bag of chips gives you a bag of chips. She doesn't understand economics. She really genuinely doesn't. And she goes along with whatever economically illiterate flavor of the day is out there. How do I know? Because I follow her like crazy. I don't retweet her shit very often. But I want, because I want to see what kind of crap comes out of these folks' mouths. I had so much hope for Nina Turner back in the day. I really did. I mean, I was just gobsmacked when I met her for the first time um, out in, what was it, in 2016 at the People's Convention with Jill Stein and others outside the DNC in Philadelphia. I was really stoked and excited. Had tremendous passion for this woman. I thought, man, this is somebody who I could really get behind. But she literally intends and stays in this economically illiterate world when she has no reason to not get the economics right. This is my point. If nobody realizes how important it is, they will keep pushing capitalist-based austerity on every one of us. And they'll be doing it with your consent because after all, you campaigned for them, you voted for them, you supported them, you shouted at anybody that had anything negative to say about Bernie, about C, about you know the squad, about whoever. You don't give a fuck whether we win. You just want your, and then, then when you show the factlessness, it's like, what did you expect them to do? There are only five of them, Steve. How could they have made a difference? And I turn and look and say, Joe Manchin, are you uh, offering up seminars on how to make a difference in this fucking fake little theater of politics? Because you seem to solo act it and you're able to make an impact. How come these five fucking radical progressive socialists, blah, blah, blahs. How come they can't? How come they can't? I never understand why people don't put that together, but they don't. And it makes me sick in my stomach. It makes me rage. Yes, the hat says it all, doesn't it? Flipping the bird. This is my effing hat. If you go out there on Google look or whatever and look up effing E-F-F-I-N-G hat, you'll find it. Anyway, long story short, it's hard to get people to agree on anything. And the division points and the passive aggressive feels and uh, just the insanity of it all, okay? Desperation, um, you name it, causes people to have all these massive fault lines. This is why it's so important to have a class analysis and to understand what the working class, even though they've tried to carve us up into the middle class and the upper class and the elites and the poor and the best, Anyone that works for a paycheck is the working class, okay? We have a common interest, even if it doesn't feel that way. And because we've allowed things to go so far afield by just simply going to the ballot box and voting and going back home and watching, you know, Rachel Maddow tell you bullshit, okay? Or, oh, did you see Bill Maher? Oh, my God, he said. As long as you keep doing the same shit over and over again, you're going to get the same exact results every single time, period. You are going to get the same exact results every single time. And I'm here just to say, hey, listen, you know, I take my rage against the machine seriously. I'm here to shake, to wake them up, to break the structure up. I'm here to try to do something different because I was cheerleader extraordinaire for Bernie Sanders, folks. When I got involved in doing a lot of this stuff, I was out there hyping Bernie because I thought Bernie was listening to his chief economic advisor, Stephanie Kelton. Well, it's quite clear most of what she said to him went in one ear and out the other, okay? 
AOC had a half a second where she got it right. And then she immediately went full shit Libby. She's like right there, core, pure vote blue sycophant trash. No longer fighting for the things. And she, even when she says something, she like that sounds like it's in the same lane as what we're fighting for. It's still not because she's still pandering and catering to that vote blue, no matter who sycophant that thinks we need to reduce tax, uh, reduce deficits, pay down the debt. We got to be the responsible ones. We've got to do it because the Republicans are so irresponsible and they're going to bankrupt the nation and all this shit. Now, mind you, I hate the Republicans. I hate them all, but I don't hate the people because the people are just fucking dupes, just stupid fucking dupes that go through life waking up bumping into walls voting going home and doing it all over again the next day i don't blame them they've stressed us they've made us crazy they've literally taken away all avenues of common sense to be able to do any kind of thing to make this system work the system itself is the problem and we keep trying to wonder why everything is out of sync you know the tuning fork of our lives is the dissonance like that right we have no harmony because the system we're trying to pretend is there for us isn't really there you know if you know plate tech you see the plates coming across and you see the one going under and the other going up our movement typically is like the plate going under yes it's moving and lifting the other one up but it's getting buried okay it's getting buried for another million billion years we are moving heaven and earth baby or really truly just being suffocated every time we go into the system and try and use the system as if it's somehow or another there for us. It's not. There may be a few of you out there that are really honestly capitalist, meaning you own capital, you own the ability to own the means of production, you own the people, you you hire the workers, whatever. There may be a few of you capitalists out there that are really, really moving, you know, mountains. But most of you, I'm pretty sure, are not. Most of you are just workers. and You've been fucked by a system that has no intention of serving your needs. They've just extended slavery out to the rest of us only differently through open-air prisons in this capitalist system. Some are calling it neo-feudalism. Michael Hudson calls it neo-feudalism. On Saturday, you're going to get to hear Bill Mitchell, who joined me on Cheese this week. We talk extensively about how violent things are going to get. We talk about how grim the future looks because the very system we think we're supporting isn't there to support us. And there's so many fracture points that being able to come together is just too tall in order. That's why it's so important to be to some degree, to some degree, a class reductionist at some level. Okay. I am all about intersectionality and I hate the fuckers that cry about the word woke. I want to beat the shit out of some of them. Because the word woke has a very important connotation. It means people that are aware of the injustice and they literally are aware of what's going on. That's what woke really means. Okay, Woke means that you're not shitting on your fellow man. You're not trying to make life harder. You know the system. You know where the problem lies, the system, the people, the power. Okay, But alas, the right wing has infiltrated the pseudo left wing to make the word woke a bad word. But the reality is, is that if you're hearing what I'm saying right now and you understand the system is fucked, I would call you kind of woke to realize the system isn't here for you. I would be woke, okay? The thing is, is that woke came from a totally different time period, time period where people within the African-American community became aware. They knew what was up. This was a term that was used and it's been co-opted Okay, and appropriated by many others. 
reality is though, until we do something different, until we wake up, until we wake up, you know, there is literally, and this is the saddest part of it. So many more of them in terms of people that are just going to vote and go back to sleep. Like, you know, I try to explain to people, and I'm not here to tell you that I give a shit about Trump or Biden in the sense, but the idea of the way people interact with one another. I watched people that I never thought had any fight in their body show up to fight because they just had Trump derangement syndrome. Trump being in the White House unified people more than it ever unified them in the past. And absolute complete condemnation of that but the flip to that is then because we put it in these democrats democrats are fascists too they're neoliberals and if you understand neoliberalism you understand neoliberalism is the precursor the forerunner the proto-fascism okay it is literally the merger of corporation and state it is literally using that and so the idea that the democrats are these good guys just shows me how fucking far we have to go for anybody to wake the fuck up. I'm serious. I talk to friends and I'm like hearing the shit and I'm like, oh, fuck, man. Are you born like in yesterday? Are you, are you still a child? What? What the fuck? Anyway, so the point I'm making here is vote. I'm not telling you not to vote. Do your vote. But where you put your energy should be going towards educating and uniting outside of that party. Instead of pouring yourself into phone banking and door knocking for shitty candidates, listening to all that, the people with the big smiles, hey, I'm with so-and-so. Are you going to vote on Sunday? Can we count on your vote? Instead of pouring all your fucking energy there, pour your energy in learning that the government itself is starving us intentionally, not spending on the people. It is intentionally doing it when it could literally do it all and doesn't and chooses not to. Until you educate and radicalize your fellow neighbors and friends and family, etc. Until you start showing them the warts on the Democratic Party as well. Instead of going, but what about Trump? I can hear people that I love. But what about Trump? I want to just go, Jesus Christ. How many times can you repeat kindergarten, folks? We need people to wake up and grow up. And recognize, vote. Again, normies, vote, vote, vote. Please vote, vote, vote. But realize that your energy cannot be in just electoral politics on your candidates. It really needs to be outside. And it needs to be forcing the system, not pseudo-supporting the Democrats, not pseudo-supporting the Republicans, not pseudo-supporting a third party, but really genuinely waking people up to what is happening. Anyway. Because if I have permission from Grumbine, it's officially okay. There you go. Of course. All right. Anywho. All right. With that in mind, I am Steve Grumbine. I am the Rogue Scholar. Uh, Saturday, tomorrow morning, 8 a.m., you will have a great podcast with William Mitchell, who is a one of the original developers of modern monetary theory out of Australia, frequently not talked about enough within MMT circles needs to be talked about a lot more because he's the closest one to us from that ilk in terms of uh, pushing for the things we're pushing for. Um, I think Bill's been a little jaded too over the years and you'll hear a little bit of his jadedness in the podcast tomorrow. Um, but we get down to brass tacks. We're talking about does MMT support degrowth? And he says, Steve, MMT is a lens. It supports it all. The real issue is, what are your values? 
That's why I started this whole show today off. What are your values? Because these politicians don't represent them. But with an MMT lens, you know how easy it would be to solve the problems that are facing us. Till we get smarter, until we choose a different place to pour all of our extra time in, until we start really committing to waking people up and shaking up. We'll get to that another time. Today was really primarily targeted toward the futility of working in a system meant to crush you. Anyway, I am hopefully going to get my voice back because it feels like I'm losing it, but I'm out of here. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to support our efforts, please take a moment to subscribe and check out our other work on the Real Progress in Action YouTube channel and visit our sister organization's website at realprogressives.org. 